0: Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy and blessed feast of Saint Aloysius Gonzaga. And welcome to episode 353 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight I will give my thoughts, my general overview of Star Trek DS9 Season 3. I'm Getting my way, slowly but surely, through Star Trek DS9. Just getting into the battle at the end of Season 3 with the Klingons, which was very exciting, very well done. And of course, there is all of this this stuff going on currently with the Dominion as well. Finally started a few episodes of Season 4 today. So now I've finally gotten to the point of bald Captain Sisko which everyone tells me is the sign that things are starting to get better, and that bald Captain Cisco is the best Captain Sisko. Uh, I've yet to see much of a difference, to be perfectly honest, as far as their characters are concerned, but the story is definitely, with the ends with the end of Season 3 most especially, starting to get very uh, interesting, to say the very least. So I'll give my general thoughts about that, some maybe highlights for me in the season. We'll also continue to talk about the Lightyear box office as... We now have the Monday numbers, and not only this past weekend did Jurassic World Dominion beat out Lightyear, Dominion going into its second week of release seeing a 60% drop, Lightyear going into its opening weekend coming in about 20 million or so underneath where they suspected the film to be. On the Monday after its first weekend, its first Monday, it got third place. At the box office, yes, you you heard that correct. It lost on Monday to Top Gun Maverick, Maverick getting seven point nine million on that Monday, whereas instead, Lightyear getting only six point five million dollars. So we're seeing a lot of interesting things happening with the box office and we talked about it a bit this morning talking more mostly about the uh, box office for the weekend today we'll focus a little bit more on the actual monday numbers and what those might mean going a little uh forward but let's just say it's pretty impressive for a film that's been up 25 days like top gun maverick to beat out a film like lightyear which is in its opening weekend and its first monday But before we get any further, though, into these bits of news and stories, and I'm sure we'll talk about some other things as well. Uh, This morning we talked about the FNT Does Dallas trip, so if you want more information about how the FNT Dallas trip went, you can check out the Good Morning Asgard podcast, which I do Tuesdays and Wednesdays over the summer, and we had a really good conversation about that, and yeah, yeah. Before going any further, though, make sure you smash that like button, not that fire button. Honestly, it really does mean a lot. And we're already getting started off with a donation via Streamlabs Low Watermark coming in hot once again. Always appreciate your donations, good sir, and your messages, and most especially the fact that you go through Streamlabs, which, as game as uh, as uh, Gary famously says, uh, circumvents Mama Susan because YouTube ain't getting none of that. So low watermark says, uh, let's see, episode three hundred. Sorry, three hundred and fifty-three episodes is a good number. DS Nine Season Three is great. Glad you are home safe. Odin. Well, thank you, low watermark. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was um, coming back. It definitely seemed like it was a bit longer for some reason, even though the timing was probably about the same. I ended up actually taking different routes. The first route going towards Dallas was one that took me more southward, so it took me through Louisiana. Whereas coming back, it said the fastest route was actually going more northward. And so I ended up going through Arkansas and maybe even going through a little bit of Kentucky before going into the Memphis area of Tennessee. So yeah, it was definitely interesting that way. But one of the best parts about it was there was no traffic at any point that I had to worry about hitting. Uh, really up until getting into the I-24 area uh, for for Tennessee as it normally gets backed up. But luckily, the direction I was coming from was one where the traffic wasn't all that bad. And the time that I was getting in wasn't all that bad either. So I actually got to see Baby Thor before he went to bed yesterday. So that was very uh, exciting for me because I missed him and, of course, missed the Lady Freya as well. They're doing well. And uh, it was a fun trip, though. It really was. But if you want more information about it, uh, check out that. Good morning, Asgard. Stream earlier. We got Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. Hail to you. I also did see that Orange Hat Reviews was in the chat earlier as well. Uh, just was when I, by the time I pulled this up on Restream, I was not able to uh, pull it up with enough time to be able to highlight it. But thank you for being here, good sir. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich, worth it to say, Obi-Wan has been a complete triumph if you're going for failure. Yeah, if you're going for a show that is meant to totally retcon characters, destroy canon, and make you, (laughs) if you actually were to take them seriously and care about them, make you actually look at the original trilogy and prequel trilogies in entirely different lights and not in a very positive light, then yes, you could definitely argue that it's been a massive success. Whereas, in reality, what's going on is we're having characters here that we were once very fond of, and we are now not really getting all that excited for it. And in the end, these characters are getting destroyed. And it is quite sad, to say the very least. Neurosize Cyclops, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you. Gary says, Tim is the voice, Tim Allen is the voice of Buzz, and it shows that emphatically in the new film being badly received. Yeah, and as I mentioned in the video this morning, in the stream this morning, I definitely think that there's a lot of factors at play as to why this film is, is not doing as well, is not performing as well, and I think that a few of those reasons absolutely have to do with the fact that Tim Allen was not brought back. And as I mentioned earlier, um, and I'm pretty sure this was the last that had been reported, I'm pretty sure he was not even asked to come back. So it's not that they asked him and he wanted a lot of money or that they asked him and he turned it down. From what I remember, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tim Allen wasn't even asked to come back. So that already kind of shows you, all right, they're not asking him to come back. They are either wanting to go in a different direction or they don't want to work with him at all. But then you add to the fact that they're bringing in Chris Evans, and when you compare those two, and you recognize that Disney has never really been shy about, you know, being clear about its own political bias and messaging, and then you remember Chris Evans fits perfectly in line with their methodology, with their ideology, whereas Tim Allen doesn't, you start to fit those pieces together, right? You start to realize, okay, there's a bit of a narrative here that's being formed, and there seem to be some connections, So maybe it is the case that the reason why this film didn't do as well is because the so-called experts who are scratching their heads still, by the way, they don't quite understand how the film didn't do as well. It could very well be that they, for some reason, don't quite understand that when this audience is being made, or rather when this film is being made for a specific audience, and a lot of people in that audience are those that grew up with those films and are now adults and now have their own kids. When they see that trailer, like when I saw that trailer, I said, okay, first off, this is not Buzz Lightyear. And second, okay, it looks like you're prepping to kind of push some stuff on here because I know what you do. And they even have said recently with Unearthed, Uncovered, Behind the Scenes interviews and conversations about how they have it as one of their goals to push more gender identity into their programming. And and not just their programming, but their programming, especially geared towards kids. So you look to all of these factors going on, the Florida Bill situation where Disney got involved, and you, again, all of these different things going on. I think all of these things absolutely were a huge part of the film not doing as well. Because if you think about it, they were projecting the film to make around $70 million. If you were just to take into account the $20 million that wasn't made, basically... As potentially being families of people who are aware of what's going on and said, yeah, I don't want my kids exposed to this nonsense or, yeah, I don't want my kids to be supporting or my family to be supporting this. I don't know. 20 million sounds about right for me. Because I think I saw someone point on Twitter, someone of the you know verified Twitter users who's on the right, I think at one point mentioned saying, you know, conservative families not bringing their kids. Now, whether or not that is the case, I honestly don't honestly buy completely into because I don't think that there are really any political ideologies involved when it comes to people who are keeping their children from watching this stuff. Just like I don't think there's any political ideologies with families who are saying to themselves, I don't want my kids in this public school or that public school or going to this public library because of what they're trying to push, right? That to me, at this point, it should go, and I think it often does more so than we realize beyond just pure politics. Because to me, there are people who have liberal economic philosophies, liberal cultural philosophies. There are those that have conservative economic policies uh, for philosophies, uh, conservative um, social policies, but they're sane. They disagree on some core elements. They may even fight from time to time, but they at the very least remain in the same reality. They remain in the real world. Where now you have this huge influx of just complete insane people who refuse to live in the real world. And because of that, I think you're starting to see these people in positions of power starting to push this nonsense onto these corporations who are buying it because they believe it. And that's why kind of tying this into the Elon Musk buying Twitter thing... That's why I think that him going through with it. By the way, the board today unanimously voted for and in favor of him buying it. So now it goes to the shareholders, and if the shareholders, and uh, I believe it just has to be what fifty-one percent of them have to you know vote in support of of the deal. I believe if that happens, I think the deal can go through at that point. One thing I really hope comes from it, if that indeed happens, and if that is indeed the case, is that somehow, some way, Elon Musk is able to expose any of the dirty laundry behind the scenes, and especially the number of bots. Because if he's able to put the code of Twitter public and some of that information public, and they're able to expose that during certain times of the year or in years past, there were algorithms that specifically targeted certain people pushing certain messages and that certain bots were activated, that to me would bring a whole other level of discussion up. And I think that that could lead to a further revealing of the true monster hiding behind the scenes of not just Twitter, but all social media platforms, mainstream social media platforms. And maybe, just maybe, that could be enough to either, one, wake more people up, or two, get some of these people into some legal trouble. Tina B, Empress of the Universe. Hail to you, Tina. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. There he is. Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. It was great seeing Father this past weekend. Uh, awesome, cool, cool dude. And, of course, Father. Uh, and uh, it was awesome because we were able to get brunch together, which was lovely. Um, I might need you to send me the name of that book you were using uh, to study. The the one that uh, uh, Dr. Brant Petrie, who was one of my former professors uh, during my during my master's program... Uh, because I forget the name of the book that, that he did, but it was a massive book. But obviously, as, as you and many people know, and just again, this is something that's a general thing that a lot of teachers do, um, or at least I think that uh, teachers that are looking to progress or looking to change things up a bit, they like to read, learn more about their subject area, be able to change and adapt certain things to be a little better. So one of the things that I'm doing is luckily I got early access to a uh, book that goes through the Roman Catechism uh, for the Modern World. Uh, so that's something that's coming from the uh, – uh, what is it? Is it Our Lady, Queen of Victory Press? It's the one from Meaning of Catholic, Timothy Flanders, his publishing company. So they're, they put out some early access uh, uh, versions of that for people to be able to read through, to get reviews for early um, as they're doing the final editing process. And I'm already – you know, several pages into that and loving it. But obviously, that also means that I want to read through this. And so this is something that I've actually picked up a while back, but I haven't actually sat down to read cover to cover. And I've listened to a couple of podcasts recently, and there's just so much good stuff in here. Like, again, this is the Catechism of the Council of Trent. And it just, you look at this and how clear it is in the language, how clear it is in the teaching. Not a lot of ambiguous language in there. Um, adding that to the book with the commentary that I'm reading as well. I don't know. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, but the book that he was reading through uh, looked also pretty good, Father. But anyway, shout out to Father, and I hope you had a happy and blessed birthday weekend. As Tina indeed rightly points out, if you have a comment or question at any point tonight, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Miss Martin Muses, hail to you, Miss Modern Muses. Thank you for being here. Bruce, thank you for being here. Keely Chow in the chat. What is going on? GMonkey76. In the chat, hail to you. We got Rob D in the chat. Thank you very much for being here. And absolutely going to shout out Tina B, Empress of the Universe and the General of my Valks, Steph. They on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern are going to have another episode of Soup to Nuts. And you can find the link in the chat. Shout out to Tina and Steph. Appreciate y'all and y'all's support. And of course, y'all's work. Master of Gaming, what's going on? We got Laura, the Modern Major General of the channel. Story, Shorty Short, what's going on, Shorty Short? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Rosie G12, who is a member, hail to you. Low Watermark, thank you for being here. And again, thank you for that very generous donation as well. Yeah, uh, it's it's really is such a great show, uh, DS9. Really, really great. And actually, within the first few episodes already of Season 4... I've already found, I think, one of my favorite episodes of the season. Obviously, I'll talk about that probably a bit more once I actually finish Season 4. But let's see. Master of Gaming, to say, Top Gun Maverick is pacing ahead uh, the uh, ahead of Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it's been doing that for a while. I actually covered that a while back at this point. Fever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Let's see. Father Christopher Mellis says, happy feast tomorrow of John Fisher and Thomas Moore. Going to have to rewatch Man for All Seasons. Man for All Seasons as absolutely fantastic. Uh, The calendar that I follow, though, it's going to be the Feast of St. Paulinus. So, St. Paulinus. Let's see. Soul Assassin, hail to you. God bless you, good sir. Thanks for being here. Scott Miller in the chat, hail to you. Glad to see you here. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says here, I always thought Cisco exercised too much power for just a captain. Well, remember that he was a commander for a long time. And then, finally, he just became a a captain. So it was cool getting to see that transition happen as well. Um, and, And also, there is a bit of a change that happens, and you kind of feel the change, and you feel that the power dynamic has definitely shifted quite a bit. It's kind of amazing, to be honest. Slicer Neons, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Soul Assassin, thank you very much for being here. Let's see. Father, who is a member, says had my first in-service day today, so couldn't make the earlier stream. No problem at all, Father. A little early for the in-services, I would say. I guess maybe it's a new teacher thing. Typically, ours starts end of July. We have like just basic meetings, and then our first week of August, we do like full-fledged meetings, going through any changes, any big things that we need to do, getting our classrooms in order, our schedules printed out, and then uh, by the second week, or at the very least, the Friday of that first week of August, we start our classes. So we we start pretty early, but that seems really early. Let's see, Graphweb, what is going on? Hail to you. Let's see, Kona Bled, thirty six. What's going on? Howdy, Jakey eats bacon. Bacon sounds delightful. side Cyclops, what's going on, Laura. Tag to say the eight-year-old baby sit uh, the eight-year-old boy sitting next to me loved Jurassic World because so many dinos. But what a cluster of a movie! Yeah, and I think that that's probably why it's doing better than what many, including myself, would have expected for it. I thought it was going to be north of sixty-five percent of a drop, and it only ended up dropping about sixty percent. It only ended up dropping about sixty percent in its domestic, and that is incredibly impressive incredibly impressive so even though the film is still not as impressive not that great it makes sense to me though that it is doing well by the numbers it seems to indicate this at least that it is doing well with families and I think the argument can be made and I mentioned this in the stream earlier that Jurassic World Dominion is probably doing better with audiences with a family especially than Lightyear and that's kind of insane when you think about it you know it's kind of insane because we can talk about Lightyear, because I haven't seen it yet myself to be able to give any type of objective review. But just based on the objective objective fact of what we're seeing with the numbers here, it is kind of insane to me that Jurassic World Dominion Action PG 13 film is doing better, it seems, amongst the younger demographic, the family demographic, than Lightyear, which is kind of built towards like the whole Toy Story franchise is specifically built for and built towards appealing to families. And it's going to be very interesting next week, or in a couple weeks, I should say, when Minions gets released early July, that film gets released. Because that is going to be one that I think does very well amongst families. Because if you think about it, if I was a parent of multiple children, who are a little older especially, you know, baby Thor is, you know, he's almost two. At this point. But let's say he was a little bit older. We had more, more than one at this point, And they were driving us crazy. One easy way to keep them distracted for at least a little bit. would my, One of my first choices would be Minions. Not because I want them to see a good movie. But because, let's just be honest for a second. They're going to be a lot more entertained by banana. Little yellow creatures saying funny words in funny ways. I don't like it, but I at least can understand it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Bitter Hobbit, what's going on? Thanks for tagging, saying Buzz Lightyear from behinds and beyond. Oh goodness me! Oh goodness me! All right, let's see. Bruce says I'm holding out for the Louisville meetup. Ah, yes, the good old Louisville meetup. Whenever that ends up being uh Zachary 315 what's going on i would actually be quite happy if we did an actual nashville meetup because that one it was one that i could easily do i could come back home the same night because it's still about a two-hour drive but it's again not not really all that bad especially when i'm looking at you know with stops and traffic 11 to 12 hours depending on how things go uh into Dallas. So, a couple hours would be nothing. Louisville. Again, you can you can say Louisville all you want. I'm gonna say Louisville. That's how I always hear it, and that's how I'm gonna pronounce it. Louisville. Louisville. You're welcome. Forever Sci-Fi, uh, who is a member, says, Siri always gives good directions and the best routes. But I do sometimes take a different turn just to annoy her. If she becomes angry and Skynet-like, I take the blame. <laughs> okay, we'll point the, we'll the finger at you then. We'll point the finger at you then, Forever Sci-Fi. I prefer Waze. I think Waze does an incredible job with being able to get the best routes. The one thing that it really struggles with is, is giving up-to-date time changes because sometimes if you stop the route and then and start it again, the time will automatically change and sometimes by like up to 10 minutes. And then whenever there's a massive delay, it usually takes a longer time for it to be able to actually catch up. So this trip coming back, I actually had that and the Google Maps going so that way I could try and see which one would be more accurate. For the timing, it was actually Google Maps. So Maps actually had a, Google Maps actually had a better uh, time guess. But Waze is great because there's a lot more stuff that you can see. So it'll tell you not just when there's cops. You know, Google Maps does that too since Google bought Waze. So the infrastructure there is is similar. But Waze, I just feel like the way it's designed especially, it makes things like objects in the road easier to see, or, you know, cars on the side of the road, easier to see, and things of that nature. So, um, and I just trust it a little bit more with with the cops than I do the regular old Google Maps, even though I know it's based off the same infrastructure since they bought it out. Jose Contreras, what's going on? Welcome back. Appreciate you being here. Again, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, unless you are a member, in which case one of the perks of being a member is that you don't have to worry about that. Tina B is uh, somewhat confirming. Again, I think that this is something that was has been more hearsay than official officially announced. But if, if someone can confirm it even further, that'd be great. But yeah, I, I, that's what I heard as well. And again, it would not surprise me at all if he did if he was not asked. And I think that that to me just puts all of the blame for this film potentially being a massive financial failure because there's still a little ways to go with this film. We still have to wait for the week to drop off. We still have to wait and see how it does against competition. And, you know, there is still a pathway for this film. Not a very wide pathway, but it's still a pathway nonetheless. And it is one, though, where it cannot make any mistakes. And it's already made a massive blunder, which is when you don't have a lot of money to start off with, especially when you have a $200 million budget. Yeah, you got a lot of problems. Let's see. Orange at reviews. Who's a member says was just asking. Uh, was just saying hail to the chat and to you, Odin. Also, I wanted to let you know I got a six-hour celebration stream tomorrow from ten to four. Open invite. Wearing an orange clown wig. Yeah, I saw the. I saw the orange clown wig. And uh, you know, obviously, congratulations, man, on on the one thousand subscribers. And uh, we'll see. We'll see because I do have my regular stream tomorrow from ten to eleven thirty. Typically, after I get off of that stream, I'm hungry, and there are things I kind of need to do some lawn work around the house, too, because I couldn't do it last week when I really should have, and now it's even twice as high, but I do appreciate the invite, and if I do have any availability, definitely uh, we'll hit you up. Gorma Kyle, what's going on, brother? How's it going, brother? Thanks for being a member on the channel. Let's see, Laura came in to say, I don't have a sub... Uh, I don't have a sub to Daily Wire, but got the What is a Woman audiobook for 15 bucks, and it has more content than the documentary. Uh, Laura, that's a great point. In fact, I picked up the audiobook, too, because when I, I got a notification about What is a Woman, I've gotten a lot of one thing that Daily Wire, and obviously it's, it's still a work in progress. Some of their notifications are a bit too much. Like, I have on the breaking news alerts, and that I think is great because it does typically only actually alert you of big things that are going on. But I've been getting a bunch of alerts about like their content, too. So I don't know if maybe that's just a maybe I have an extra box ticked on that I didn't realize that I did. But I've gotten so many notifications for it. And it's like I've seen the documentary and it's fantastic. And I definitely plan to watch it again at some point in the future. But luckily, one of them actually ended up being a good notification because it was about how they had just released the book, which had an audio book. I had some extra audible credits as well. And I was able to pick that up and listen to it, and it's got a lot more details. It mentions a lot of the big things from the movie too, and it, it's pretty fantastic. It's, I think I think it's a very good uh, complimentary piece to the movie. I do think the movie is still a must is still a must watch though, because it's one thing to hear Matt Walsh, who also does the audiobook. It's one thing to hear him talk about his experience and to tell the stories and to quote people. It's another to actually be able to listen to the actual so-called doctors and so-called therapists and i say that because the fact that they have jobs and the fact that they are even called a doctor or a therapist for the abuse that these crazy people actually commit on children is is something that i i think you you really honestly need to see and you need and luckily one thing they've been very good at is they've been releasing a lot of clips right a lot of clips to the um to social media platforms of some of their biggest moments. Uh, Matt Walsh on his show, I know has also been doing a lot of clips as well and you're getting a pretty good taste of it there, but I do recommend the whole film to be honest. Ryan Dole says, do you think Tim Allen is happy? He wasn't asked to come back seeing the underperforming box office of Lightyear, I'm sure he's happy that he wasn't welcome back because I'm sure that they would have given him hell every step of the way. Lord knows that he is definitely not cut from the same cloth as a lot of the other people in Hollywood, so I'm sure that he thought that he dodged a bullet, at least in that, in that regard. General Wainster, tagged to say, in these dark days, I do have a ray of light and hope for you. I just want you to remember, in these trying times, Cisco does indeed get better. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I'm now at bald Cisco, so there, there is at least that going on. There is at least that let's see dark Shadow Logan tagged to say there hello hello to you dark Shadow Logan Rosie G who is a member says somewhere Tim Allen is having the last laugh at those box office numbers and I'm all for it yeah imagine if they actually had brought Tim Allen back to voice I think that alone would have at least gotten them an extra maybe five ten million and then I think that you would then have seen, if he was involved, I think you would have seen the story get impacted because I think he would have used some of the weight he has in Hollywood, you know, the, some of the weight that his name carries to say, you're not doing, no, you're not doing that. Nope, Buzz wouldn't do that. Or, nope, not going to be in this movie. And then that, I think, could have led to it getting a little bit of a different reaction. Again, that's speculation on my part, but I do think that there are some things there. See, Slicer says, it certainly bears mentioning most parents. No, if they just wait, uh, it will eventually be on Disney+. Plus. It must hurt Pixar a lot doing this bad, and it gives more credence for them becoming a B-team. No. And here's the other thing, too, is that we were... I mentioned this earlier on uh, the Good Morning Asgard podcast, too. A lot of the films that Disney has set to be released, including Tom Hanks' Pinocchio are set for Disney Plus releases and not theatrical. So even though we are long past, at this point, for most people, the the COVID lockdown narrative, and even though uh, the vast majority of the movie-going populace is kind of getting back into the routine and back in the swing of things, especially for good films like Top Gun Maverick, they're still trying to push people to their streaming service. And even though we can make guesses as to how much they make per month on that streaming service, we don't necessarily get the same amount of information when it comes to the budgets for films that don't get released into theaters. And so it's very difficult for us to really know exactly what Disney's bottom line is when everything is said and done. So for all we know, Disney could be doing very well because of the Disney Plus numbers offsetting their losses. At the same time, it could end up being not enough to cover for their losses. But yeah, not only do parents and families now have the ability to say, well, you know what, there's better films that I think I'd rather take my family to than Lightyear amidst all of the political drama. But then also, to your point, They could also be saying to themselves, yeah, well, I could potentially just wait because it will go on Disney Plus at some point, probably in the next 45 days or so. And then there's several other ones that are just going to, you know, uh, (laughs) go straight there. Governor Kyle, I'm okay just listening and messing with flowers, making sure they're okay. Awesome. Let's see. uh, The chat is starting to jump on me, so if any comments get skipped, I do apologize. But Father says, speaking of Elon Musk, did you see uh, his son now thinks he is a... Uh, Yeah, I I thought I heard something about that, but I honestly didn't read much into it because, again... Random stuff. Nearside Cyclops say we live in a world where 10 years ago, folks getting surgery to live their life as a dragon, we would have lived in a madhouse to run... Yeah, exactly. It's amazing that the people who would have gone to the madhouse now seem to be running things. Slicer, Luca and Soul were were good. Better films. Yeah, they were. And unfortunately, they just got destroyed. Uh, MVP, what's going on, brother? Max. Max Maxfield, Van Presley. What's going on? Max, thank you very much for for saying hello and introducing yourself at uh, the meetup, man. It was so great getting to meet you. He says here, great meeting this weekend, brother. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and faith with us. It was a pleasure. Hey, man, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rosary. And uh, thank you again for uh, talking with me about faith. I love talking faith. So ho- hope to be able to keep up with you, man. Laura says, tonight is mercifully the finale of Kenobi. I'm going to miss listening to EFAP and others tearing this series to shreds. I completely forgot that it is the end of the series. That's crazy to me. Let's see if they try and let's see if they try and prop it up for a season two. Joey Horn, what's going on? Again, comments are going crazy, so if a comment gets skipped, I do apologize. Rob D. says, I honestly think Disney v. DeSantis, Florida story hurt Lightyear's box office. That was in the mainstream. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it earlier. I do think that that is definitely a factor. Harwick says, Disney claims they didn't bring back Tim Allen because this movie is supposed to be in the in-universe movie. Uh, that the toy is the original movies was based on, but I don't buy that. Well, yeah, the reason why you don't buy it is because the voice of the toy is supposed to be based off of the voice, supposedly, of the original. I mean, if if they're trying to establish that this is a real person, don't you think that they would establish that? And don't you think that they would try to argue that the character that is inspired by a real person would... Be connected in some way. Hmm. Uh, Jacob Ironside, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Let's see, Master of uh, Gaming says, Cruits two, bad guys sing to are animated films and they did well. Lightyear has competition like Minions 2, Pause of Fury, DC League. Okay, here's the thing um minions 2 yes i do definitely think that that is going to be competition pause the fury i'm sorry it's not going to be competition it might make its money back because i don't think it costs as much but not really competition as far as overall box office dc league of super pets no again might make its money back if that that's not going to be competitive with it i'm sorry Um, I would say Minions is really the only legitimate competition in that specific space. Ms. Barmusa says, great catechism. Yeah, it honestly, just again, the moments, uh, the quotes that I've obviously read from it are fantastic. And to be honest, it really is, I would say, the best catechism that that has been put together. Um, Obviously, we have the, what's known as the catechism from, uh, you know, promulgated by John Paul II. But honestly, this is the one, if you want clarity in the faith, This is there. And also, it makes you raise the question, okay, this is something that was promulgated by an ecumenical council and promulgated by a pope, and so if anything in here is not being maintained from a moral standard in the New Catechism or modern popes, okay, seems that there's a break in tradition there then, hmm? Uh, Laura, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you being here. Scott McKenzie, what's going on? Thanks for being a member on the channel. Uh, It's a whirlwind tonight. As (laughs) as <laughs> as it has been more recently let's see gomer kyle who is a member says oh the humidity 300 miles south of me i don't think it's that bad it's it's definitely higher than what i i think it is but i anything anything is better i would argue than new orleans cuz new orleans you're in a swamp and it's almost close to 100% humidity even when it's not raining so Let's see, Tony, uh, Kamani, what's going on, dude? Says, thanks for always giving us the truth in the box office. I'm just talking about the numbers and, and seeing where it goes. Uh, see, Ma- uh, Maureen, what's going on, Maureen? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've heard about this before. So the first thing is I think that Megyn Kelly made herself look like a complete fool because I'm pretty sure in her reporting, she said it's expected even today. And I'm like, that's no, it's not going to happen. Is there a chance that he steps down in August when he's calling Cardinals together? Maybe. We'll talk about that more on Thursday, though. That That's more appropriate for the OMB report uh, stream. So we'll talk about that more on Thursday morning. Uh let us see. MVP again. Thanks for the other message. Uh and I think it might be one of your first times in my streams. So what I do is I try to read every single every single comment as long as I get tagged or or if someone donates. Again, no don't have to donate, but I do ask that uh people tag nonetheless um unless they are a member on the channel. So uh but thank you for hanging out, man. Rob D says, "Do you think Elvis will be light year at the box office this weekend? Disney would probably just bow their head." Oh, absolutely will. Oh, no, 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 Absolutely will. Because let's say on the high end that uh, Lightyear ends up dropping 50% and ends up getting around $25 million or so. Let's try and see. Obviously, you know, projections are not a very <laughs> good metric to say the least when it comes to uh, various things. But Elvis is expected to make 31 to 46 million. So. Could it make that money? Maybe. Maybe not. But here's what's fascinating to me. Lightyear only made $50 million. Elvis is projected to make 31 to 46. So Elvis will be the number 1 film this weekend, meaning I think Lightyear could end up being maybe the number 3 or number 4 movie this weekend. Because remember, it's still going to be up against Dominion's third weekend, and it's going to be up against Mavericks what fourth weekend? So Lightyear could theoretically be the number 4 we, number 4 of you know number 4 film at the box office this weekend. That would be insane. Matthew 17, hail to you. Thanks for being here. And then also another interesting stat here. The numbers for Minions are remaining strong. It is projected Minions Rise of Gru. I'm not excited for this film. I'm just talking the numbers here. Minions Rise of Gru is projected to make 65 to 77 million. So right now they are projecting That Minions will have a higher opening weekend than what Lightyear did. That's kind of insane to me. If you were to tell me that a Toy Story franchise film would lose to a Despicable Me franchise film, I'd call you crazy. But then again, since that time, what have we got? We've gotten Toy Story 4, which was complete, utter garbage. And now we have Lightyear, which is getting a lot of people talking about it. But Matthew17, nice to meet you there as well, man. Uh, Night Cypher, what's going on? Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Again, trying to get through as many things as possible. Fear Feme, I see you. Uh, Clevis McDonald says, as soon as I get the feeling a prequel or sequel is not obliged to pay homage to the past, I check out the ego on these conceited biters and phonies. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just, honestly, it's just so sad. It really is so sad because they have these built-in fan bases. There's so many things that they could, you know, go in, so many different directions that they could go in. And not only that, they could make make a killing. They could make a killing on these stories. You know, going into Star Wars, I am getting towards the end of the first novel in the X-Wing series. And it is phenomenal. I'm listening to the audiobook of that. They just re-released them. Um, They're they're slowly re-releasing a lot of these EU stories. Redone, uh, unabridged. Mark Thompson is doing the voice work for the X-Wing series, and he's phenomenal. He's, I think, one of the best voice actors working in the business, especially for Star Wars. And, um, I, I honestly, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. It's been great. But I look to that, and I think, you could have made movies about that entire series. And, and instead, what do you do? Let's tell the story of Ray. Gorma Kyle, please convince, please convince them to do Nashville Meetup for us poor folks who can't get anywhere. Hey, man, I would love to try and do that as best I, I can as now the chat's trying to jump on me again. The R says, better flick, Shut In, or uh, On the Prairie? I like Terror on the Prairie a bit more. I think both are solid films, though. Uh, I do I do like Shut In. matthew seven says, my 10-year-old did not like Dominion at all. He also didn't pay attention to Lightyear while the adults didn't like it. There we go. Again, different things going on. However, Sci-Fi says, The Minions are like Will Ferrell, uh, better as side characters. Totally agree. Completely agree. And yet, kids love them. Father Miller says, uh, One of my friends is an artist for the Minions movies. Can't wait for Gru. Okay. There you go. Got the connection there. Laura says, People were cracking up during the Minions trailer. I'm still not tired of them myself. And again, I, I totally understand why. I'm not personally a fan of, but it makes complete sense to me. It makes complete sense to me. So. All right, Heath. Um, let us see. There's Tina talking about Louisville. Again, I am far behind in the chat, people. Far, far behind in the chat. Um, so, again, <laughs> please please be kind with your messages. Uh, as far as the number. Uh, Bruce, I could do a Nashville meetup. Three and a half hour to four hour drive. Yeah, that's not bad. Again, it, there's so many different areas that I think would be great center points. You know, I think that Dallas was absolutely a great area because a lot of people were able to come together uh, from all different points, not just in Texas, but then also people from Oklahoma, from Louisiana. Like, there's a lot of different areas that you can go to. Uh, Matt, 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 Matt. Bro, I see you in the live chat, man. It's okay. It's okay. Please, please stop tagging Please stop tagging me, Okay. I saw it, I saw it the fifth time. All right, I love you, man. I love you, but it's it's okay if if, the, if a mistake was made. All right, <laughs> just let it go. There's many too, there's too much stuff going on in this chat that I'm trying to keep up with. All right, let's see if ever sci-fi Kentucky. <laughs> I see what I see what you did there. I see that you did there. Oh, Tina, <laughs> but Louisville. I like I like the Louisville. I like the Louisville slugger. Favorite Sci-Fi says Kentucky. Yes. Nearside Cyclops. Let's see. Tag say I am sort of the opposite of you. Summer is my worst time for travel. Best time is dead of winter. Well, you see, again, as a teacher, it's it's going to be every single year. It's summer is always going to be the best. So much more free time. That's why it drives me crazy that the Orlando meetup is on a Sunday of all days and is in The end of October. It's like that's like one of the worst times that I could ever do. Uh Rob D says something about Antarctica. Uh Romans falling down to say I saw you uh I saw on your webpage they had a few options to support you as a member. Which subscription service do you prefer? Uh basically whichever ones do you prefer, personally. Uh, because subscribestar is there for people that don't want to use Patreon. Um, and, and so one of those two Patreon or Subscribestar, those are the easiest for me to keep track of, especially if you are looking to get any of those perks, uh, the, the perks are specific to Subscribestar and Patreon, uh, locals is there and there are perks with locals too. Um, not everyone likes locals. So basically whatever you have already, if you want to use that, that's fine. I, I try and go based more so on what is ever convenient for you. Uh, Garmin Kyle says, yeah, I can bring a crew home. I live 35 minutes from Smashville. Nice. All right. Tina says, our city was named for Louis, the 16th of France. His name is pronounced Louis. So the city is Louisville, not Louisville. Well, see, I'm not saying Louisville. I, ne- I, I, didn- I did not ever say Louisville. I said Louisville. There's no S in that. L- Louisville. And also, if you haven't checked, if, if no one has gotten it at this point, I, I am just I'm trolling at this point. I'm just having fun. I like I just like saying Louisville. It's a fun name to say It's to say it that way, because there's just like guttural. I don't know. It's fun. Just having fun. Harek right, Says, have you seen the Critical Drinkers Jurassic World Dominion review? I have not. I have not. Judge Dredd. What's going on? Jake Eats Bacon. Again, this is such a great, great name. I love that name. Uh, Matt uses Waze as well. It's pretty great. Uh, Judge Dredd said, Thoughts on the thing? Uh, been a while since I've seen it, but like it. Uh, I think the visual effects are the special, the practical effects that they use in the film are groundbreaking for the time and they still hold up to this very day. Fletcher Williams, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. I don't think I'm ever going to have a break tonight to, to be able to dedicate anything else to it. So, all right, let's see. Bruce, I think he's trying to break down the conversation here. Uh, Louisville, no. Louisville. Oh, definitely wrong. Louisville. Yes. Louisville. Yes. I may have misread that, but again, my mind got stuck on Louisville. Mike Jackson, what's going on, good sir? Forever Sci-Fi who is a member says, you also have to wonder why Disney thought people wanted to see an origin story for a fictional toy. Yeah. Especially after so many years of that property originally happening. Like That's something that may have made sense 10 years ago. But now it just comes across more so as desperate because you look at Toy Story 4, it's still made a billion dollars. But I think one could argue that, yeah, 4 fell off the rails a bit, probably not the most well-received of the films. And it's, again, one that I don't even think about as as being a part of the canon. I think there's a lot of, I think a lot of Toy Story fans don't either, one, one, don't care about Toy Story 4, or two, just actively choose to not include it in their headcanon. Rob D says, is Disney simply incapable of making a movie for less than $200 million? Uh, Do they not care? Is, is, is it their ego? For Disney proper, I don't think so. There are not... I can't think of the last film that they made under Disney proper that cost less than at least $100 million. And that goes back to A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, that terrible garbage film made by a terrible garbage director... Um, she got a million dollars for that movie, and it was terrible. But no, they, they've pretty much cornered the market on 100 to $200 million films, and more so than not, they do $200 million movies. And it, it, it could be ego. Just also remember, Disney owns a lot of other uh, sub-studios, basically. So anytime you see a 20th Century Studios movie, that's Disney. So like the Bob's Burgers film, technically Disney, because it's owned by Disney, etc., uh, Orange has confirmed by the rap. Toy Story's beloved Space Ranger action figure was voiced by Tim Allen in the first four installments, but Allen was not approached for this side cool. There you go. All right. So, according to the rap, he was not even approached. And again, their there arguments, and it's one that's been made often before. Their argument is trying to say, well, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, we're going in a different direction and it's not the same character. It's the real character. It's like, no, just stop. You're trying to make excuses. You're trying to try to justify replacing Tim Allen, the guy that actually is Buzz Lightyear with radical leftist Chris Evans. And if you're going to try and argue that politics had nothing to do with your decision. You're just lying at that point. I mean, again, you're not even approaching Tim Allen. That's ridiculous. Jace Doe says, yo, what up? What's going on? Hope my box got to you well. Uh, Jace, I I have not gone to my post office in several days, probably in a couple weeks now at this point. Should probably do that. Hardwick says, Ronda Rousey recently said the only thing that would get her back in MMA is to fight Gina Carano's. It's a respect thing. Yeah, and, and again, I, I would be. T- I think that that would be awesome. I think that that would be really, really cool. Gomer Kyle. Oh, and I hate to say this, uh, AEW's overrated, uh, I, AEW is overrated thanks to CM Punk. Well, here's the thing, Gomer Kyle. He got injured, and I think it was a real-life injury, so he's going to be out for a little bit, and... I kind of like that now it opens it up a little bit more for a new person to be the title holder, and then there can be a unification match down the line. But honestly, I think that... I think the storyline and the arc they were going with Punk was actually one that would have ended up really well because obviously he's a hot property. He's he's full-on babyface. People love him. I think that they were going to push him as a heel, and he was going to go full WWE. Like, he was going to go full John Cena. We already saw glimmers of that when he even did the five moves of doom and I think he was trying to emulate that in certain ways and what did he just do he just did exactly what he was critical of uh, critical of the WWE doing I think that was on purpose so I understand that you can try and say it's overrated but I think that they were playing some 40 chess there I'm just saying uh, Cannoli Sasquatch. What's going on, Cannoli? Come to Arizona for a meetup, but I know that's tough. Saw every, everything everywhere all at once recently. Such a weird and fantastic movie. You all inspired me to look into starting my own channel. Hey, dude. Awesome. All you gotta do is pr- press record, man. Get, get those first ones out of the way. But, uh, yeah. Would love to try and be able to do a, uh, Arizona. I know that they are gonna be doing a Vegas meetup in August, but, again, that's the beginning of the school year for me, so can't really... Make that work again. Some comments are being skipped. I do apologize, but it's 728 in the chat, it's 748 in real time. I am 20 minutes behind. All right, so please be patient. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons, what's going on, Rob? D to say inserts obligatory show comment defending year's box office. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's see. Hardwick says Jeremy Johns has reviewed Elvis and was impressed by. It. Cool. Don't always agree with Jeremy Johns, but. I'm sorry, and and again, apologies apologies to uh, the Valkyrie. I know that y'all don't like when I do this, but um, the fact that he mentioned this film makes me have to say it. Um, I just don't, I just don't think I can get past the Tom Hanks character in that movie, especially with that voice impression. We are like little children. You're welcome. <laughs> blame Hardwick he brought it up go Kyle who is a member says I love how Patricia, uh, Patricia Heaton yeah okay that was the actress I was trying to think of I was mentioning that over the weekend yeah Patricia Heaton defended uh, Tim Allen she came out as a like minded person uh, a few years ago uh, because she's probably done with Hollywood yeah man uh, yeah, she, for those that don't know, Patricia Heaton came out and basically said, I believe she used the words, Disney has castrated. <laughs> yeah, has castrated uh, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. If that's not based, I don't know what else is. Forever Sci-Fi. Tim Allen was good for Disney with Toy Story and the Santa Claus franchises, and they kicked him to the curve like he was a nobody. I doubt he'd ever go back to them anyway. Well, I think that never say never in Hollywood, because sometimes there can be the right project or the right uh, price. Let's just be honest here. Tim Allen might be someone that we all enjoy a bit more because he's not insane like many other people are in Hollywood. But he's still also an actor. He's a worker. And, you know, sometimes you still have to take those jobs. All righty. brew says I'm going to shoot for a third viewing of Top Gun two before it leaves theaters. Nice. Yeah. And with films like, and I mentioned this uh, in a video over the weekend, I, th- I think it was the Sunday video I did where I think it'd be awesome if they had some random IMAX showings of Top Gun this week or, or maybe even next week, next week they'll probably get, will have minions, but I said it probably wouldn't happen because Disney, Typically, when they make their deals with theaters, in order for them to show their films, they usually have them in very strict, you have to show this this many times and in this specific theater, they basically tie the hands of theaters. Because if I was the owner of a theater right now, and I was looking at the box office from this past weekend, I would say either one, all right, I'm going to put Jurassic World Dominion back in at the very least, because it made more money. Or I would say I'm going to have a mixture of films, including Top Gun in there, because it probably make more money. However, Sci-Fi says, never mind, apparently he's coming back to Disney with the Santa Claus series on Disney+. Plus." As I said, as I said, uh, again, Jacob Ironside, hail to you. All right, here is a super chat from a while ago. And again, apologies, took me a while to get here, but I wanted to be able to highlight it. So, Fletcher Williams, thank you for the $2 super chat. Says, Disney is just, uh, kue. <laughs> propaganda now, trash. Well, it's definitely pushing certain messaging over others. That That's for sure. Awesome one says hail Odin of Soreness. Yeah, seriously. My back has been killing me, uh, from the drive up. I was then standing for about four hours on the day of the meetup. So my, again, I was just, and I know that the, the, the guys at Friday night tights decided to twist this in a way that in no way was it being insinuated otherwise, but that's just where their minds go sometimes, I guess. Um, but I was just, I was very sore from my back was just killing me. You all know, I just, I have back issues in general, but it was especially uh, bad with having gone 11 hours almost straight, just stopping one time for gas, and then going and standing for four hours talking with people. That's the only thing that really even kept me going and, and made me not even notice the pain as much, was the fact that I was having these amazing conversations with amazing people. So again, for everyone that showed up to those meetups, uh, it was awesome. Y'all, y'all gave me life. Long gunman, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Victor Ta- Victor Fontaine had to say, a lot of good storylines in Season 3 of DS9. They got the first ever Starfleet warship in the Defiant. Did you watch the video I sent you on the Defiant's layout? I, I, got, I saw it, but I did not actually watch it. And again, it comes down to, I have ADD. I think I've been very open about this before. So sometimes when I get videos or when I get things sent to me, I see them, but at the moment, I don't always have time to actually watch it or my mind may not be ready to focus on it. And then unfortunately, with my short-term memory being the way it is, sometimes I honestly just forget. And timing works differently with me too. And so in my head, it has been a long time since that video was sent, even though it probably was only maybe a week or so. Um, it's one of the things that I have to I have to deal with. Um, and it's been a struggle uh, with, with different friendships and relationships because other people don't view it that way. Other people view time differently or perceive time differently. And there's no real good way to explain it to to people, unfortunately. Um, But no, I was not able to actually see it, but no, I totally agree there. The Defiant is an awesome, uh, is an awesome ship. It's been cool to see them, even though I haven't seen the video on the layout season three, especially, and going into season four, they show you a lot of the different levels and a lot of the different things that are going on with the ship. And uh, it is kind of funny to me though, where uh, towards, as we're going through season three, all of a sudden, uh, Commander Cisco, before he becomes Captain Sisko, grows the goatee. I think it's because he was doing another show. I think maybe at the time, or maybe that came later. But grows the goatee, and it's like, okay, all right. He's he's already he's kind of like he's kind of like Cell or Frieza, where they're in their you know almost their final form. So for him, it's like he gets the he gets the uh, the goatee going. He then becomes a captain. I think this is the order in which it goes. I could be wrong on this. Maybe he's bald first. In either capacity, those are the three steps, right? Is that he has the goatee, captain slash becoming bald. And then it's like his final form. He has reached his final form. (laughs) But yeah, bald Cisco is the best Cisco. In fact, the guys that I do the DS9 podcast with, uh, we did season one already and we're planning on doing season two next. Uh, one of the, one of the guys just needs to rewatch it. Um, but uh, it, it's funny because the first thing I said when season four started was I was like, and the reign of bald, of bald Cisco begins. <laughs> uh, Paradox guy, what's going on? Is Zed Nation hail? He tagged to say, why have none of the Thor movies made a billion? I think Dr. Strange will hurt Thor's box office because Dr. Strange 2 is trash. Well, again, Dr. Strange 2 is trash, but it still made $940 million and it's still making money. This is something that people don't want to admit. Even though I did not like Doctor Strange and I did not think it was a good movie, the fact remains is that it it, it has made hundreds of millions of dollars in net gain profits, even when you subtract its budget and you take into account how much it splits with other... Um, how much it splits with the theaters and other countries and foreign markets, too. And then you have to also remember that this is really the first big film... Um, or rather, this is a film that got a huge bump from Spider-Man No Way Home. The question that I have is going to be, will some of the goodwill that still exists among normies specifically, normies specifically, because a lot of normies really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok, enjoy Taika, Taika Waititi's humor. And a lot of them are enjoying even the trailer. As someone that did like... Ragnarok, I still I still hold by that. I think it's completely valid for anyone's criticisms about the character. I think that those are completely valid criticisms, but doesn't change the fact that I I find that kind of humor funny and that I thought the jokes worked and my wife and I enjoyed it together. But I can also say that based off of the trailers for this new film, I have got myself a lot of concerns. Do I see the film making a billion dollars? I honestly don't know. Right now, it's projected to make 350 to 495 million by the end of its domestic run. So we'll know pretty early. Its opening is projected at 155 to 205. So this is a very early projection. It comes out July 8th. So let's say it maybe makes 125. What if those projections go down even more? Because Thor love, and Thunder, because it's been very clear about pushing certain uh, ideologies in its its marketing and within its characters, it's not been shy about that. I would not be surprised at all if the film does not get released in several other countries. And I think that could also end up hitting its bottom line. We'll see. Rosie says, Odin, I'd love to see a poll on FNT on who plans to watch Amazon's Tolkien Blasphemy. Here's the thing. I think all of us are going to watch at least the first episode. I'm just going to be straight up. Because here's the thing. When it comes out, we're going to want to talk about it. Because we're going to want to be able to say specifically, this happened in this scene, this happened in this scene. So I think the vast majority of us are going to watch it. It's similar to how in the past we sometimes get homework for the show. Not that we always do it. But for instance, watching the first episode of Kenobi, we weren't we were not asked to do that but it was one where if we did we could actually talk about it. So I'm going to watch that first episode because here's what I think's going to happen. I think I think the first episode is going to get um is going to have a very high rating meaning a lot of people are going to access it and watch it. But then I think it's going to fall off like a cliff in that second. Fletcher Williams said say Buzz is getting dragged in South America by the kids for all its woke garbage. Oh nice. Okay. I didn't realize that South America was based Awesome one says Odin for Pope twenty twenty two. Nope, uh, I am unqualified for several reasons. Is uh, <laughs> nation says you are called Odin, so I'm guessing you are a Thor fan. So Odin actually, and this is something I've gone through before, but just to kind of give you a short recap, it's a nickname I had in high school based on my ability to withstand cold temperatures, and so it's it's been a nickname that I've, I've held on to ever since. Edgy power, what's going on? Welcome. All righty. Oh, my goodness. Maureen, Maureen, no problem at all? Awesome one. How dare you? Uh, Daniel Thorne, hail to you. Thanks for tagging over on DLive. Says, Disney obsessed about a LGBT kiss that was less than 30 seconds in the movie. No one remembers it. What do people remember? The cat. Yeah, and that's just the thing, too. It's like, had they not said anything about it, had they just left it all alone, had they just made a movie and, and not tried to say, look at all the good we do and caused all this chaos with the Middle Eastern countries, etc. Like, It's amazing to me that people are going to try and argue that, oh, they're heroes because they did not edit their film so that it would play in those Saudi markets. And I'm thinking to myself, like, a lot of money really comes from those markets in the first place. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that some money comes from there, but it's not really known for being a massive center of box office revenue. And all we need to do is look back to several other films, much larger films, where they did edit their films for so they could get released in major markets, looking especially at you, Communist China. Uh, Darth Bobcat, what's going on? Azid, tagged to say, in real history, Thor has a body more like the strongest man competitor. He is fat with big muscles, like he was in Endgame, so Fat Thor was the most accurate Thor. Well, again, obviously, we're dealing with differences, though, because Thor, though, based off of Norse mythology is, in this instance, a comic character, so very much based off of the historical Thor, or rather, sorry, sorry, uh, more so based off of the mythical Thor, um, of the uh, of the lore of of the Norse mythology. But, with that being said, within the context of the comic character, and especially within the context of how it was presented, it was not presented to be accurate. I don't think you were saying that, but just to make it clear, even if it's the most accurate, it was clear that it was all done to try to essentially cuck the character of Thor as being a fat slob. Alright, Slicer tag to say. Saw a trailer for Elvis before Northman. It was weird and implied Elvis and Dr. King Jr. were murdered by the same group as some conspiracy. Anyone else see that? I didn't personally see that um but then again i don't know much about it to be perfectly honest uh chris from the 80s what's going on darth bobcat took a while but i finally got there thank you very much for the two dollars super chat says did you see Lightyear?" It was third place yesterday yeah i talked about that at the very beginning of the stream i would go into more detail about it but but y'all's chats are are just are, are crazy right now so many are getting skipped even Ka says not watching it with my mom is spitting her spitting in her grave and elvis is to the actors in it sorry i don't know if that made any sense daniel Thorne says i'm home yes indeed See, Slicer, I believe I heard Cloudfish say the original low projection for Lightyear was around 100 million, but was stealth edited to 80 million after the weekend numbers came in. Well, not stealth edited. I will say this much, Slicer. The way it works is that they have their original estimates. Then when the Thursday, Friday numbers come in, those numbers do get adjusted. So it's not that it's stealth edited, it's that they take the numbers they have because up until Thursday, they've got nothing. That They've got projected numbers of pre-sales or reported pre-sales from specific sites and various social media metrics, and that's all they got. That and some historical references. So when the actual box office numbers start coming in, they put it into their charts, and then they are able to come up with a specific... with a more accu- accurate metric, and that's the reason why it it went down. But it's hilarious to me that even their adjusted number still came in well below. And basically, comes down to their Saturday number was so far below where they were expecting it to be. Bruce says there are only three Star Wars movies. A- amen. Cornhorn, absolutely, is fantastic. I-, I love the I love the character of Cornhorn. I love all of the members of Rogue Squadron as well. Elizabeth Lyons is screaming Cincinnati. I would love to do something, at least in the Ohio area. I was mentioning this on the Good Morning Asgard stream. Uh, it would be really cool for us to maybe, maybe even doing like a park hopping thing. Looking at you, Jay. I know someone tagged. I think it was uh, what Yellow yellow Flash, I think, tagged him on Twitter saying, when are you going to do a review of Cedar Point? I would love to do a trip up to Cedar Point because I think that would be a great place to meet and also be really cool coverage, I think, too. <laughs> Tennessee. Exactly. Tennessee. Awesome went tag to say doing the Antarctica meetup. Uh Victor Fontaine, tag to say also in season three, you get introduced to the Cardassian Obsidian Order, and that Garrick was a part of that organization. Yeah, the entire storyline and story arc with Garrick was it's been great from the very beginning, but you get so much more detail on Garrick in season three. So you get that, you get the fall of the Obsidian Order. You get so much more into the politics of it. Also, you find out the origins. I believe it's the season. You find out the origins. You find a lot more details about. Uh, you find more details about the big bad that is on the way. I don't know why I'm blanking out, but this also leads you to learning about Odo's past, or, or more specifically, Odo's people and who they are. Uh, the Dominion, that's what I was trying to think of. So you find out more about the Dominion. The Dominion plays a bigger role in it. And it is just so cool to see all that stuff play out. Um, But yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. A couple people are are seconding doing the Antarctica meetup. Don't think that's going to happen. But uh, let's see. Tony says, I used to live in Slidell and drove 45 minutes to work in New Orleans for three years. Dang, son. That, that, is, that is quite a drive. All right. Let's see. Father says no S in Louisville, just as there's no I in Missouri. Ah, I don't think it works nearly as, as well. Personally. That's just me though. Cleef <laughs> is McDonald. Uh, is there a neutral conservative alternative to Rotten Tomatoes? If there isn't one, would you consider forming one with a neutral, uh, conservative YouTubers? Heck, backed by Geeks and Gamers, Daily Wire, Nerdronic. Um, well, here's the thing. I actually had my own website where I did have an alternative. Basically, I had it broken down where there was an objective score and then a subjective score. So the subjective score was just a rated out of five. Your how you feel about the movie, and then the objective score was there were several categories, and then you had to basically uh, rank acting. Rank so you had to actually rank specific things, and not just the movie itself, because you can hate a movie, but say, hey, you know, the acting was not that bad, or, hey, the score wasn't that bad, or these technical elements weren't that bad, I had that going for, for a while, I tried to find a way to streamline it, but at the end of the day, I just couldn't keep up with it, to be honest, and not a lot of people were really using it, because, again, it, it wasn't clean, it wasn't pristine, but I would love to support, uh, I would love to support an alternative to Rotten Tomatoes, as of as of now, I don't know of any really good alternatives you do have sites like Metacritic, for instance, which I like a little bit more, but it's not perfect either. I do think that's a good idea, though. If I had time and money, I would probably invest in, in trying to actually create it, but I don't have either of those things. <laughs> but I did I did actually try it. I did say it. Uh, Bruce is saying, I'm saying it correctly. Okay, so who's right? Is Tina right or, or is Bruce right? By saying Louisville. By the way, Stephanie B. in the chat. Hail to you, Stephanie B. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Your average patriot nerd. What's going on? Welcome. Giant Rat says, Toy Story 4 profited of the greatest three. Profited of the greatest three. Are you trying to say that it made the most money? If that is the case, I think it's important for us to put it within the context of all of the films, and most importantly, to do so and adjust for inflation. So let me try and uh, pull up some some numbers here real quick, and let's see exactly where these things stand. Because it's not fair to compare the films when you're not taking inflation into mind. But let's see. Let's see where we are. So the original Toy Story, when you adjust for inflation, made seven hundred and seventy million dollars. It's the first in the franchise, so that actually makes some sense to me. Uh, Toy Story two made nine hundred and twenty three million. Toy Story three made one point two million. Sorry, one point two billion dollars. So Toy Story three is the highest grossing film. So you were incorrect there. Toy Story four did not make the most money out of the films. In fact, it was Toy Story 3, which makes sense because Toy Story 3 was the ending of the films. So, boom, and there goes the dynamite. You're welcome. Anyway, 1st sci-fi, Pixar used to be gold at the theater until Disney bought them out. They've definitely been on the downward trajectory, that is for sure. Hardwick says, There's al- there was almost a Corona versus Rousey match, but Dana White botched it. By not giving Gina enough time to train, she was out of practice at the time due to having been focused on acting. Yeah. And that, I think, would be the biggest issue, too, is because I I look at Ronda Rousey, who is still in fighting shape. And then I also look to Gina Carano, who is in a very different part of her career, but is also at a very different time and a different part of her, uh, her fighting style, too. So I almost think it it wouldn't be fair because the amount of training on one side versus on the other, I just don't think it would really. So I don't think it's going to happen for that. The only way I could see it happening is if they did it for charity and they didn't care as much about trying to make sure that, you know, that, that the weight class was the same or anything to that effect. Harwick says, uh, I got that one actually already. Let's see. Awesome one says, don't come to Tennessee. It's humid here. I live in Tennessee. What are you talking about? General Wingster is already more than enough of a troll. And again, as humid as Tennessee is, it ain't got nothing on the humidity of the swamp that is New Orleans, Louisiana. Daniel Thorne, Tennessee, IFC Midnight's The Watcher and David Cronenberg's Crime of the Future are out on VOD. It's review time. Um, So... Uh, is that was I try to say if you missed it. So are those available on streaming services or is this video on demand, because I, I don't really like spending $20 for a movie to watch it personally. I do know that there was a Netflix film that is directed by the same director who actually did top gun Maverick, who I, who I actually really like. So that one just came out and it's got a pretty good cast too. So I've already added that to my watch list. Um, But those other ones, I don't think that they're on a streaming service. I think they're just on demand. But, again, I think they're probably premium on demand, meaning PVOD. I just can't justify spending that much on it, to be honest. Daniel Thorne says, Top Gun is returning to IMAX this weekend, and the IMAX Twitter is trying to rally people to get more showtimes for it. Really? Oh, Daniel Thorne. Did not know that. Okay. Interesting. I I did not think that was going to happen. I figured that... um, Well, actually, no. I, I take that back because... I probably misspoke earlier. So in my head, Minions was taking over. But no, Minions does not come out this weekend, but it comes out the next weekend. This weekend, we have Black Phone coming out in Elvis, neither of which are IMAX films. So yeah, I think that week two might see Disney lose that exclusivity with IMAX. So hey, looks like some people, some people, at least according to Daniel Thorne on D-Lot, some people might get a chance to go see the film back in imax talking there about top gun maverick well worth imax i would say forever sci-fi odin has a thor back no i i like to say i've got a spider-man no way home um not garfield but um toby mcguire back that's the kind of back i have still one of my favorite moments in the entire film uh paul bustle what's going on bro Thanks for being here. It says love you, Owen. Oh, your line was insane at the mo- uh, was insane at the meetup. You're a true gentleman. Thank you, dude. Yeah, as I said, I had a line for almost like three and a half, four hours, and I it just it was again so humbling. Gomer Kyle says, "Oh, it's not really AW. It's punk wearing that shirt because if it's a human right." Okay, uh, uh, Gomer Kyle, I I, I I totally understand. Again, if if that's your subjective view of him, I, I think that you, you have every right to your subjective view. For me, though, it it does not change the fact that he's still, objectively speaking, one of the best talkers in the business. His wrestling in-ring is definitely not up to the standard I think it should be. I don't like, personally, them having him win the title the way he did. I think that the only way it would work is if they do what I suspect that they were trying to do, which was to push him to be heel, with basically it being him becoming a corporate type person uh like a wwe style fighter that's the only way where i think it would make any sense to me but no i think that the shirt he wore was despicable i think it was disgusting and i think he absolutely deserves to be called out for it but that to me does not change that does not change the entirety of um my view of the product because the rest of the product is still really really good because trust me there to me there there are other issues specifically with how they have a man fighting in the women's division, if we really want to go down that road, that I think are are more persistent issues versus him wearing a t-shirt one time. Because at the same time, I believe it was Dr. Britt Baker, she wore, I believe it was her, she wore a Jack Sparrow shirt right after the decision or during the process of the court case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. So to me, I actually respect AEW because it seems that they're letting people wear basically whatever shirt they want, even if it is not a, a popular decision or uh, even if there are varying opinions on the matter. So, I don't know. That That's just my little soapbox for that. Let's see, Mike Jackson says, like his character Hawk, love Captain Hawk Cisco. What do you mean his character Hawk? What you, what you talking about? That don't mean nothing to me. All right, a little bit of a break here, but let's see. Gomer Kyle, who's a member, says, "Did you hear about Dave Chappelle turned down a school who wanted to name it after him because a little kid said he was a bigot at his school?" Hey, kudos to him. The whole naming schools after people in general is kind of silly to me, but Richard Fontaine, what is the other channel you are viewing DS9 on? Uh so it it's not consistent. So we've already we've only done one stream so far. The channel name is. RTF Media, um, restoring the faith uh, is the other name for it. RTF Media. I believe the stream is public. If it's not, I definitely posted it on socials when we originally did it. But it's a stream where me and two other tra—I'm tra- trying to think of the right word for it—but tra- traditionally cacti- traditionally Catholic-minded persons talk about faith, philosophy, and are just general opinions on the show itself. It's It was a pretty good time. We talked about our top episodes, for instance, and what we liked about them, um, and it was it was great. So expect to have something very similar uh, coming up in the future for season two. We might try and do two, season two and three at the same time, but one of the members of the panel does not have as much free time as I have, so he's currently about halfway through season two. So something tells me we'll probably just do it season by season like we have been doing. Anyway, Punk Waddle, what's going on, brother? What's up? Hey, Odin, it was good to meet you in person. My only regret was not calling you the pepperoni all father to your face. Hey, Punk Waddle, no problem at all, brother. I'm sure there will be times in the future where that will be uh, a possibility. But hey, man, it was great meeting you as well. I was actually more so amazed at how few people didn't just come up to me and do the whole, Odin. People did it. There were definitely several that did it, but I was expecting a little bit more. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Gomer Kyle, not watching Beverly Hills four. I'm done with the franchise after I see the heinous death of my beloved Halloween franchise. Yeah. Gomer, I remember when you were so hyped for Halloween, uh, the last Halloween and I'm glad. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm ready for it to end as well. That last one was just abysmal. Thanatos Felicitas, Tag to say the best Elvis movie was Bubba Hotep with Bruce Campbell and Elvis and Ozzie Davis and JFK. Bro, yeah, I have it. Um, I believe it was either an Aero Video release or an MVD visual release. So I actually have the film and I was wanting to and planning to get. No, no, actually, no, scratch that, reverse it. It was a film that was available for like $5 and so I bought it. And uh, I think I put it on my server, but it's, it's one that I've fallen behind. I've just been so obsessed with DS9, though. Those are my days. I do my streams. I do stuff around the house or grocery shopping. Like, I get all that kind of stuff done. And then once I'm done with that, uh, what I've been falling into is I've just been watching DS9 nonstop. So, that, that's how I'm already in uh, where I am. Sorry, my, uh, my parents are up in New York at the moment. And uh, <laughs> they're going to see the Book of Mormon at the moment hilarious musical by the way definitely not uh family friendly but also a lot of funny funny moments same people that did south park who did that one but uh but i do know of Bubba hotep and i do really want to watch it one of these days maybe when i'm finished with all the seasons of ds9 uh, if i can break myself away from from my obsession with ds9 uh, let's see. Is that uh, sorry? Uh, Izid Nation says there are lots of CGI animated movies coming out in July. Which do you think wins the box office, Super Pets or Minions, bro? Super Pets ain't doing nothing. I'm sorry. Like, there's only a couple people that have ever even mentioned that movie. That that movie is not going to do anything. That movie, I honestly think, is going to do what Lego, the Lego movie, uh, uh, what was it the Lego Ninjago uh, Ninjago movie or whatever it was called where it like flash in the pan made a little box office and then went on demand. That's what super pets is going to be to me. I'm going to be honest. Like, cause no one, no one except for you and maybe one other person in the chat, unless that was you as well, or even talking about that. So that, that movie is not making anything at the box office minion based off of the opening of Lightyear, And if the projections for minions holds, which is not always going to be a guarantee minions is going to win the animated, uh, battle if those are the only ones that are left Uh, the right news over on odyssey hail to you saying ds9 was underappreciated at the time of its release in hindsight it is the next generation's equal let us pray that there is no cisco series to destroy its legacy as picard has done with next generation I i don't know for some reason i feel like avery brooks wouldn't do that what's interesting to me is brooks doesn't seem to do a lot of comic cons or anything not that you know you have a lot of people from the other ones doing it I, i'm assuming that there are start so yeah so sorry that there's the star trek convention right so has avery brooks ever been active with the star trek conventions so um i don't know i feel like depending upon that answer it might impact whether or not he would ever even be interested in that stuff but i would personally be happy that um yeah i would definitely rather them not go in that direction i would much rather them not destroy any other uh any other good uh star trek though um I'm kind of loving DS9 to be honest. I, I I've heard a lot of things about uh, next gen, especially the early seasons. I don't know if I would even really like it all that much, to be honest. That's just me though. It's gonna be May. That's gonna be June. First sci-fi, Anarchist too far. Just do Minnesota in January. It's the same for the same feel. I actually wouldn't mind doing it. I'd actually not mind doing Montana. Aziz says, are you UFC fan, MMA fan? Nope. Don't care about that stuff. I am a uh, AEW fan, though. Professional wrestling. Used to be. I was a long-time multi-year WWE fan and then it just got so boring I couldn't do it anymore. Let's have a meet-up on January 6th in D.C. Bro, we joked about that. I I think we even joked about it on Friday Night Tights where I was like, yeah, let's totally just meet up. Let's just meet up on January 6th. One year. (laughs) Maybe when things have cooled down a little bit. Like after the Supreme Court finally rules on some major decisions that are going to cause chaos. And again, praying for the justices and especially praying for anyone who's going to be on the ground when that craziness happens. Just crazy, 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 crazy. All right. JC Miller, thank you very much for the $10 uh, uh, super chat. Sorry, I took 10 minutes. Uh, I want to be able to highlight there. It says, definitely make a Nashville meetup a thing. Finally met Ryan, uh, Jeremy and drunk three PO at the terror at the Terra premiere. And it was, uh, one of the best nights of the year for me. Would love to meet everyone from FNT. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I really had hope that I was able to go to that. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out uh, with numbers, but I was, I was really hoping to go because I am not really that far away from Nashville, but again, it is what it is. I would totally be down for it though. And I think that it was something that was brought up at one point. There's no plans at the moment, but it is something, I think, because they really liked Nashville itself, I think that it's a place that we would probably be able to work out. Especially since, again, I, I think sometimes I think sometimes they forget this about me. I'm literally halfway about between where they are in Orlando. And I, I know that technically they would have to take different routes because there's other like interstates and highways you can take to get to Nashville without having to go through Chattanooga. But I definitely think that they would be able... Um, we we could make it into a you know a nice little trip. Or at the very least, I could we could help break it up. I could help break it up into a two-day journey instead. Provide lodging if needed or something. Maybe. We'll see. Uh Tina B, okay. I saw this and I was like, what? Chris Gore has interesting opinions. I love Chris Gore. He also tends to like the more obscure movies. And I think that that's always a bit of a hit or miss, right? Because sometimes I feel that there are people... I'm not not saying this about Chris, but I think there are some people who like obscure films for the sake of their obscurity. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But he's saying Black Phone is on his best pictures of the year of 2022. Do not take the kids. Interesting. That is very interesting. Let's see. Azid says, Why do you think none of Tom Cruise's movies have made a billion marketing? Uh, yeah, I mean, part of it could be marketing. I mean, there's a myriad of factors. You have to look into when the film came out, what film it was, what else was going on at the box office at the time. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons as to why that could be the case, so. So, Arthur says, I don't see movies in IMAX as much as I would like, but I made an exception for Maverick. I might actually see Brad Pitt's uh, Bullet Train in IMAX. I will say, I don't know anything about the movie, whether it's going to be good or not, but man, oh man, I tell you, that trailer... Is phenomenal. Bullet trains trailer is absolutely phenomenal. It's very well made. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, "Crimes of the Future" was a very poor film with a strange eco and uh, cutter message. Doesn't make that makes complete sense to me, to be perfectly honest. Because Cronenberg, I feel like, does sometimes go in those directions with his films. So, Gomer Kyle says, "I heard Black Phone is a good film for horror for horror sites. So for horror fans, it might be good." And that, that would make a little bit more sense for me personally. Uh, Zed says, Tom Cruise doesn't always do his own stunts. Mr. Casey O'Neill is Tom Cruise's stunt double and takes over for the actor when something becomes a bit too risky for the veteran star to attempt. I wouldn't say it's when it becomes too risky because let's just be honest here. If we're talk about risk, he was hanging off the side of a plane in a movie and that was actually him doing it. Recently, he was in an actual jet feeling the G forces of that jet in the passenger seat. So I don't think it's the risk factor. I think it's more. So there are some stunts where he could do them, but there's no need for them to be done because they're ones that are, I think not that they're more risky, but that they are, they're more simplistic and therefore more prone to um, crazy errors. So for instance, When he was jumping from building to building and he broke his ribs. I think there were things like that where he would more so rely on a stunt person. Not to mention, I would not be surprised if he practiced the stunts first. And then if it became something that was a bit too much, then he might bring in his stunt double. So... Let's see. Jay eats bacon. Says Avery Brooks played a character named Hawk in the '80s show Spencer for Hire. Oh, is that is that what caused him to grow his um, goatee? All right. So I'm gonna start skipping some comments because we're getting towards the end. Some people have been dominating the conversation, so I'm gonna skip some comments. See, Mike Jackson says Avery Brooks played Hawk Spencer for Hire. They had his one spinoff, A Man Called Hawk, back in the 80s. Yes, I am old, older than Gary. Dang. Then you are ancient. You must be ancient then. <laughs> Bubba Hotep will sneak up on you. So I've been told. So I've been told. Green line. <laughs> I just like this one. But 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 the pets are super. It's DC. Everyone wants to see that, right? No. Uh, Stephanie B, giving a shout-out to Tina B. Buying her a gift. film called The Northman. Hey, nice, Stephanie B. Amazing charity there from Tina. Shout-out to Tina. Much love to Tina and Steph, of course. That's awesome, though. I'm bad-ash, you're good-ash, says Gomer Kyle. Huh. Interesting. Father Christopher Miller says, The problem with the next-gen is 90 special effects and one- Wesley Crusher. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Old Wesley. Old Wesley. Jose Contreras says, DS9 get their idea or stole the idea from Babylon 5 when the creator went to them and passed on the story. That didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, I've never seen Babylon 5, so I can have no opinion on that other than me enjoying the series of DS9. Father Miller, one nice thing about Dallas was when Ryan saw me, he gave me a hug, and this was when he was sober. Hopefully you sprinkled him with some holy water. I had some in my bag. Probably should have used it a bit more. Uh, Reaper, how is the Steelbook Collection coming along, buddy? Sorry, Best Buy never came through with one on 355, since I know you were really looking forward to that one to put in the display behind you. Uh, yeah, we all know the 355 is what everyone wanted, um, but no, it's, it's going well. I haven't picked up anything new since the last time I updated, uh, and that was when I talked about, I have the Steelbooks for a bridge on the River Kwai, um, and then I also have Lawrence of Arabia Steelbook 2. I've been trying to look for more Steelbooks to pre-order. I, I bought, I pre-ordered already the Top Gun Maverick Steelbook, even though there's not art for it yet, but I haven't really seen any pre-releases. I wanted everything everywhere all at once to have a Steelbook, unfortunately it does not, um... But I haven't picked up anything. By the way, I still have movies that people won in giveaways in the Giveaways channel. So, for anyone that won, there were two people that won. One person won Princess Mononoke. I believe that this was Laura. And then, also, someone won the Intouchables. I have them. I have not shipped them out. Things have been crazy with everything going on, even prior to. So, I have that. And then, also, I know that we're already, like, getting towards the end of June. Don't worry. I will have tons of giveaways going live on the channel uh, very, very soon. Live on the Discord channel for those who are in the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. By the way, uh, Curzilla, thanks for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. I appreciate it. Jake Eats Bacon says, Sirach Lofton, Jake Sisko, said Avery Brooks was blackballed by Hollywood in 2020. I think he teaches at some colleges in New Jersey. I wonder why he got blackballed. Interesting. Very Interesting. Harwick says. Keep in mind that Chris Gore also puts out God Maverick on his best twenty-two list. He doesn't uh, only—I li- didn't say that he only liked of uh, those films. You are misrepresenting what I said, Hardwick, as you tend to do. For those that have never seen my interactions with Harwick before, he is my arch nemesis on the channel. I like to say because uh, there are times when we can have good back and forth, and then there's other times where he just he starts to grind my gears with comments like that, taking me out of context. Now I said that he tends to. Like the more obscure films. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Making me go Brie Larson here. Tina says, Black Phone is about a serial killer of children. So I'm out, but it sounds good. Absolutely, Tina. I know that you've shared stuff before about that. Um, so I don't blame you at all. But definitely, um, yeah, again, I, it's, it's got to be a lot going on for me to even think about it. Uh, uh, let's see Curzella says maybe I need to catch Odin live so I can finally sub by far one of the best creators on here well thank you very much Curzella I really I really do appreciate that man thank you Rob D the Tom Cruise really isn't in uh, many franchise films and I don't think he has done that many films for 2012 when one billion dollars of the box office became easy that's a very good point too right if you think about inflation you think about the number of uh, you think about the number of uh, what am I trying to say the number of films that have gone to a billion dollars since that time, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, by the way, the uh, Discord server, if you want access to the Discord server where there are giveaways, Keep the Bifrost, that's for Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. Alright, so Keeper the so Locals just has the one tier, uh, so it's just the one tier for Locals, but for Subscribestar or for Patreon, if you want access to the Giveaways channel, it is Keeper the Bifrost level and above. Links in the description. Uh, let's see. Zed says, do you have a top 10 movie list? Um, I do top 10 movies of the year. I have not done from like decade or anything like that. Maybe one day, but again, I put th- I'm putting way too many things on my plate as it is. Harwick. Once on that both Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves refuse to do is getting hit by a car. The rogue nation scene with Cruise getting hit by a car with CGI. Well, I feel like most car sit car hitting scenes, especially when someone's in the car, Clevis, IMAX needs to change these first grader chairs. They pass for cinema seats. Haven't been there since Dunkirk release. They really do need to embrace the reclining seats. To be perfectly honest, but I will say IMAX the- seats are typically a lot more comfortable than the regular theater seats. Uh, first sci-fi older than Gary just makes you an authentic boomer. Very very true. Uh, Odin is a pure rosary gold. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I do have. I've I've been making some rose. So some of these, a couple of these are left over, and I made three rosaries today. I'm already running out of supplies, actually. I failed to remember, or to remind myself that I need to buy a lot more of the beads, but this is one that I actually just finished a little earlier. So red beads with black Our Father beads. So I like it. I just started making them last week right before leaving for Dallas, and this is one where I kind of got upset with myself because I ran out of string, and so I had to make smaller knots for a few of the last knots, unfortunately. Still came out pretty nice, but I did also forget to put the Saints medals on there. But anyway, this is with some smaller twine uh, knotted rosary. These take a little bit longer because you have to make every single knot individually. Um, but these actually, I, I, I was not going to make as many of these, but uh shout out to carrie ellis of unsafe space shout out to her because uh she at one point uh was looking at them and i just said hey why why don't you go ahead and have this one have one and she liked this one a lot and uh i feel like this is a very nice like dainted like not uh nice like dainty rosary so i feel like that there's definitely a, a place that some people might have for this so yeah these are ones that i've been making so some of them are uh, beads, uh, you know, using beads and paracord. And then this is just using nylon twine. Uh, I've got, uh, the more stable twine set to come in, in the next couple of days. So I can make more of the Nada rosaries with actual, like, like this is, this is one that I was set, that was sent to me by Rosary Army. So this is using the, the standard, uh, twine. So this is going to be the size that most of the ones I make are going to probably be, but Bruce says, I'm sure it's more like uh, Yom, those, the hero shot and let Stunt double do the other angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that totally would make sense to me, Bruce, too. Right? So let's say you're doing multiple takes and multiple scenes and you're doing the stunt multiple times. Right? I think you could easily see Tom Cruise doing the money shot, but then maybe some of the side angles or if they're doing multiple cuts, you could totally see that as well. Uh, let's see. Stargate SG-1 done religion, done religion in space better than DS9. Well, here's the thing. It's like, again, that might be true, but the reason why DS9 is better for the discussions that we're having about it is the fact that this is really the first time that religion is is as prominently featured in Star Trek and also the way in which it's featured in Star Trek as well, I think, is is quite unique. And also, it was uh, something where because of this, I actually got prompted to start watching DS9. So had this plan, which was started by uh, the, the, these other Catholic YouTubers, had they not started this plan to review each season, I would never have even started watching DS9, which means I still wouldn't have watched any Trek. So I'm just going to stick with what I'm watching at the moment. As I said, I already put way too much on my plate. Izeed, oh my goodness, okay, I love you, man, but you're tagging me so much. I need to start wrapping things up. Forever Sci-Fi, I want to get that Edge of Tomorrow 4K steelbook that comes out July 5th. I can't remember if I pre-ordered. Yeah, I think I did pre-order that one, so I might have some stuff to give away because uh, I think I pre-ordered more than one. Garmer Kass says, I do like wrestling, not wrestle wrestling on AEW like Mox since OVW. He was my one favorite, Ambrose too. Uh, well, again, here's the thing. The wrestling on AEW is so is so far superior, and WWE just sucks. So, uh, yeah, Cruzilla again... If you want access to that uh, channel, make sure you do so over on uh, either subscribe to our Patreon. Totally your choice. If you want to wait until July, you can do that. So that way you get the full uh, months. Uh, Stephanie B, no, you are correct. That's why the name for Locals drives me nuts. Because there absolutely is a Locals that is a dating site. And that's why when I first heard about it, I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, father, I know I totally forgot. I had the holy water and everything. I totally forgot. I had the little book that had, uh, traditional blessings in it as well. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, yeah. Well, because I was giving them away, I ended up just deciding, you know what? I'm just going to give these away to anyone who either asks or, uh, anyone where there's like a a connection with. And now that I have more materials and more time, I'm just going to make new sets. And eventually I'm going to get a rosary to every, every member of the, um, Every member of the Friday Night Tights team. And I'll be able to have time at that point to get them blessed by my, uh, by my pastor. And he'll be able to do them in the good Latin. The new Latin, as it were. Hardwick says, Chase Masterton wrote his very interesting article about religion in Star Trek. Uh, WWE might not last long since Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that being talked about as well. Um, because I have actually I haven't had time to follow that story. All I know is that he did step down because there's an allegation. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there, and uh, it it should be pretty interesting. And uh, over there, let's see, Gomer Kyle. Yeah, I am excited for Forbidden Door. I still need to buy uh, that pay per view. But, yeah, I've never seen a lot of New Japan stuff, but I always hear amazing things about it. So I think AEW New Japan crossover event continues just to show why both AEW and uh, New Japan are just so far superior when it comes to the wrestling product itself over WWE. But that is going to be it for me tonight because, man, oh, man, I'm just catching up to the chat, and it's been completely insane. But just a bit of a recap, I guess. Uh, So Star Star, Star Trek DS9 Season 3. It was a very very solid season. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was so awesome to see the character of Cisco uh, develop, and uh, of course to be able to see him uh, basically <laughs> over the course of it uh, start to become more of the <laughs> more of the uh, hardcore bald uh, goatee rocking Cisco that so many people have been uh, t- t- telling me about um, and getting me excited for. I'm going to try and see if I can just pull up real quick the episode guide here. So please don't tag me. Please don't ask any more questions. I just don't have the time. Again, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just so far behind on everything. I'm trying to see if I can think about any of these that might be my favorites of the uh, season. Let's see. I think the search parts one and two is actually quite fun uh, because of the introduction to the um the changelings right so uh the new uss defiance the introduction of the defiant as well so i thought that that was pretty good i like the house of quark that that was really fun it went into the klingon culture a little bit so i thought that was actually pretty cool um let us see i'm probably going to be missing some here but i'm trying to see a couple of these that i actually really enjoyed oh visionary i love visionary Uh, when O'Brien, he starts jumping ahead five hours, uh, that was also really, really cool because it also dealt with, like, I started asking my wife questions too, because I was like, wait a minute, what's going on with the Romulans and, and like they're helping and they're in conjunction and union with the Federation, but they're also openly attacking. I was very confused by that. And so she kept to break down a little bit more of the actual, like, you know, uh, some of the context of, of the behind the scenes development of, of those races in, in the actual story. Cause she is next generation. Like that's what she grew up with. Um, so she knows that a lot more, but yeah, visionary I thought was, was pretty great. That was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. Through the looking glass when they go to the, uh, the separate universe, the mirror universe. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun just to see, seeing uh Captain Cisco play the character a little bit differently I thought that was pretty good um let us see family business was great too that's when cork returns to his home planet that was a lot of fun uh that was that was pretty great uh let's see. What else was there? Ah, facets. That was another one. That was the one where, uh, Jadzia Dax ends up going through, uh, uh, was it Giantara ceremony where different people take on the different personalities. And it was awesome just seeing Odo, Curzon Dax. Like that combination was a lot of fun to see happen. Um, and then, of course, The Adversary, the end of Season 3, ends on a great cliffhanger, kind of helping to set up for the future of Season 4. And so far, I am three or four episodes into maybe just three episodes into Season 4 at this point. Um, But, oh, about to get to an episode directed by LeVar Burton. And then I know that Avery Brooks has already directed several episodes, too. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun a lot of fun this this season has been great it's been a lot of fun so there's some of the favorite episodes that i've had and uh just one last thing about the numbers yes yeah, so for those that maybe had missed it right now top gun maverick is sitting at 893 million dollars it's going to cross 900 million dollars before this weekend hits so 1 billion is is very clearly in its sights dominion after two weeks is at 634 million dollars whereas you look to Lightyear is only at 57.1 million dollars and the big news, of course, is that Lightyear, after its first Monday, so four days of release, made 6.5. Maverick, after 25 days of release, 7.9 million. And Dominion, 8.6 million after 11 days. There you go. Uh, boomer Stick, Adversaries, where Cisco is promoted. Boom! That, I think, is another reason why that is a pretty great episode. Anyway... Very excited to be jumping into season four of DS Nine, and I'll continue to try and go through it as much as I can. But anyway, huge shout out to my Valkyries, Tina and staff. I know that they're getting hungry. I know that I need some ice cream. I know that I got some. It's a buy one get one free special. So again, thank you all so very much for your love and support. Tomorrow morning, Good Morning Asgard Podcast, ten a.m. to eleven thirty on Thursday. We will have our um, we will have our OMB report lives. So that's my second channel, the OMB Report, where I talk more specifically about. Politics, news, religion, all that stuff. Much more in specific detail without as much pop culture talk um, or box office talk. So if that interests you, check out the OMB report. That will be Thursday morning, 10 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. And then I will not be on Friday Night Ties this week because I will be driving over to St. Louis. uh, St. Louis to visit uh, the wife's family for a family reunion. So I will be out this weekend, which means... Uh, Letting my Valkyrie know now, no Saturday show. No Saturday show. And because of that, it's one of the reasons why the Chosen of Valhalla stream will have two Chosen streams in July. That seem to work out best for my Chosen. So we'll have two Chosen of Valhalla streams in July. And we'll get those scheduled as soon as possible. So anyway, thank you all so very much for your love. Thank you all so very much just for being here. Anyone that went to the meetups in Dallas, again, it was fantastic. If you want more of my thoughts and uh, more of my comments about that, check out the Good Morning Asgard stream from earlier today. Anyway, you guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to my June Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla level members, Brandon, let's go Brandon, Christopher Bowman, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Father Luca, Mike Jackson for the win. Mad Mitch Dunaway Or in chat reviews Make sure to check out His YouTube channel He just hit 1,000 subscribers Rosetta Allen Check out her YouTube channel as well Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses Check out her YouTube channel And also of course The amazing Tina B Empress of the Universe Check out her YouTube channel Especially her show Soup to Nuts That she does with The amazing Stephanie B Thank y'all very much For supporting me Over on Patreon And a huge shout out To all of my subscribers As well Over on Subscribestar at these levels, Matt 317, Storm Tracker, the R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, and also, of course, J-Rod, the beer guru, and zk Man. You guys are amazing. And a last shout out to my locals members. We have Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? We have Mike Jackson for the win once again. Robert Barnes and Brett D. 90. So I want to say thank you again for being my members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and the Chosen of Valhalla levels. If you want your name specially shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, please check out my links at the Patreon and Subscribe Star. Uh, you can find those in the top link in the video description, the Willow link as I like to call it, where you can also get access to things like giveaways, things like the podcast I do with John the Flick, Pick flickinger and other cool stuff like that. Anyway, thank you all very much for supporting me for the month of June. You're all amazing and. And beautiful people, hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.